I'm not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The Commander? <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! Mobile suits. You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey there, all you Mobile Suit Gundam fans. Yes, it's time again for another Fan Holes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are two of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys? Hey, it's Mike, and Gumpla is serious business. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, what's up? So, we are talking about... Build Fighters, continuing our long-running commentary on every episode of Gundam Build Fighters. We're now on episode 6, which is titled A Reason to Battle. So, when we last left from the previous podcast and the previous episode, Sai and Reiji both discovered that President Yuki is basically not attending one of the tournaments or whatever, and so he was disqualified by default. And so the episode opens with Sai kind of frantically, you know, running around trying to figure out, like, what the fuck? Like, why are, you know, you, you fucking cock-tease us with all this shit, like we're going to have this big epic fight and shit, and then you just fucking, you know, drop out of the tournament, and he's just trying to figure out what happens, and he's opening up the doors to the, the Gunpla Model Club, and he's like, you know, President Yuki, like, come out here and fucking tell me what's going on and shit. And, of course, he's not there. And then the big goofy guy, Gondo, who looks like he should be the PE coach, but he's a fucking student, <laughs> is there. And he basically kind of explains, like, oh, well, look, he's not here. Like, I, he basically took an indefinite leave from school. So they're kind of like, huh. And he explains that to Reiji. And, of course, him and Reiji are back at, at their house which is why I still think the Fight Club thing applies, or at least that they're, they're obviously their friendship has escalated. You know, it's like, you, you know, those, those people you're, like, really good friends with where, you know, they hang out with you all the time and they're always at your place, and it's like Reiji's always at his place and, like, kind of, like, lying down in his bed while Sai's on his, like, computer table and stuff. So, obviously, like, at this point, they have a kind of, you know, a fairly intimate relationship with one another and and you know as far as being like partners and friends and all that kind of stuff and and at this point you know Reiji's kind of opening up about 
you know, how pissed off he is about it, you know, because, you know, he's kind of like, man, that guy fucking chickened out, man. And he doesn't have any fucking honor, you know, so he's all pissed off about that. Since Eddie Haskell was given a reprieve, that's that's who I like to call Sasamu Sasaki. But yeah, Eddie Haskell was given a total reprieve and did not get his ass kicked by President Yuki. So now he's in another tournament. But like, I, I kind of think it's funny because I, I thought maybe they would try to keep him around a little longer but he's in a tournament with the build strike so i was like well you're gonna fucking lose now asshole like i was like you're not gonna last like after this it's kind of interesting fight because you know it's almost a foregone conclusion that reiji's gonna win but i guess because of you know what had happened you know because of how angry he is like and how i guess how much he was looking forward to to settling that rivalry like he you know he's he's a little off like he's not quite on top of things he's almost distracted like it's it, it got almost a little meaningless for him because i guess that rivalry had so much meaning like it was his reason for starting to participate in this so he's he's it's kind of shaken him a bit so he still wins the match you know it was a foregone conclusion but, you know, even, you know, Mr. Rawl and Kosaka, like everybody kind of notices because because he's that fiery, angry, young Japanese man, you know, like, I guess, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve or something. And, and, and it's pretty readily apparent to to everybody who's in his life, like kind of how he how he feels, you know, everybody can kind of you know, sense the the anger and the sort of confusion and everything like that. And then it's not, I don't know, maybe this is what I was going to ask you guys. It wasn't very clear to me, so if I miss something, like, you know, pipe in here at any moment. But it seems like President Yuki is off doing some kind of testing. Like, it seems like, like he's the Harry Osborne of this crew, like that there's some nefarious shenanigans going on with Gunpla or something. Like, cause it seemed like he, he was participating in some kind of, it looked like a one year war testing model, you know, where he's in his little awesome Zaku and he's mowing down all these Hogan's alley cardboard cutups of, of GMs and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like, he's got that little, or that dude there with him, the blonde headed dude whose name I don't remember, but is like kind of like his mentor. And, and basically he's kind of like, well, you know, I got to run off or whatever, you know, I got to go do something. And, and he's like, well, be sure to be back in time for the ceremony. And he's like, don't sweat it. I'll, I'll be back in time. But I was going to ask you guys, like, how did you take that scene? Like, did you pick up on anything more than, than what I was talking about? Or, or were you, you know, like, were you privy to anything else or, I was just, yeah, like, I was just kind of figuring he was being groomed to take over for something, I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure if he was, like, maybe he was gonna be denied, like, like he wouldn't be able to, like, Gumpla battle anymore or whatever, but then, like, it seems like later on in the episode, it's clear they're grooming him to do something related to Gumpla battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I, I was thinking maybe, like, his father or whatever was was going to be like, okay, you you can't play this, like, you're going to take over the company oh, okay. or something. But, okay. But okay, then, like, they talking. make it clear that, like, his skills are what they're, they're actually, like, you know, grooming him for, like, or... Yeah, you know, because... yeah, it's, it's interesting, because I was like, well, then, you know, I I guess is the tournament not the ideal place to hone those skills? Or or is this ceremony somehow more important than the... Like, I was like, what's so important about this ceremony that he has to, like, 
bow out of the tournament. You know, like I was just wondering, like, you know, anyway, it, it is kind of intriguing. Like he does have that, that, you know, Char Asnoble or, or uh, dare I say it, you know, Wolverine kind of mystery to him, at least in the early days of Wolverine, where you're kind of like, what what exactly is his deal? Like, why is this the way it is, you know? So what about you, Justin? Like, did you have any, what was your initial take on that, that interaction and that scene? Uh, I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I mean, okay. I had no inkling or, you know, anything. Okay, so basically at this point, you know, this is this is kind of something that Justin brought up last episode. We're again revisiting the, the blooming relationship between Kosaka and Sai, and of course she comes over to visit him again, I guess like, a, you know, a girlfriend and boyfriend will do. And his mom, like, is, to- I don't know, it's cute because it's like, you know, imagine these two kids are having a conversation like, hi, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, how's the model building going? Yeah, it's fine. And you'd think it'd be a normal thing, but like dead in the middle is this mom with these kind of loving, doting eyes, like basically <laughs> hanging on every single word and interaction. And it's almost like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, oh, that's really cute. Like, this is this is some good stuff. My boy is like, found a girl, and she's a nice girl, and, you know, just, you could see all that in her eyes, and then especially when they, it's like, they go into his room and, and are talking and everything, and you can see her through the door crack, <laughs> and she's got kind of, like, these these shiny, sparkly eyes, and it's kind of like, Mom! You know, like, get the fuck out of here! But, like, at, at the same time, though, to me, it's like, oh, that's that sort of true motherly love, you know, like yeah. that was kind of my take she's, on that. She's basically like shipping them, like, like pretty much <laughs> from a distance. She's like, she's got a big, like number one foam hand that says like, say in Kosaka on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like she, well, obviously every mother is their son's number one fan. I mean, that's, you know, or at least I hope so. I don't know that my mom was my number one fan. I, you know, I don't mean to speak for everybody, but but that that's what this scene is about, kind of in that case. You know, like definitely, definitely, you know, the hottie mom is 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 her son's number one fan, and she's obviously super excited that he's found this nice girl who is now in his life. So I mean, you know, that's that's kind of my take on that. Did you have anything else to say about it, Justin? I know you were kind of bringing it up the last episode, but did you have any other, you know, piece on that or? No, just she she cracks me up and like I kind of I kind of wonder if if she's that way because she's afraid that Niori will be like one of those kids you worry about that's like oh he's never gonna leave home and he's never gonna find a girlfriend. I wonder if like that's her thinking of like trying to get him together with Kusika or whatever. Well, and then, and then, I mean, you know, obviously this is, you know, an anime and a kid's show, and it's probably best not to dwell too much into psychological stuff. But if you think about it, his father has been absentee this whole time, too. So maybe there's that fear that, you know, like, you know, he, he's he's going to be an absent-minded, you know, male like his father is. And in this case, he's like, oh, wait, no, she, she sees he, he obviously, you know, likes this girl and, and is sort of not absentee with her, so maybe that's another sort of, you know, uh, another excitement point for her where she can kind of rah-rah, sisumba, you know, the the kind of budding relationship and everything. I, I pointed it out on, like, on an early show, but, like, yeah, his, his dad kind of, like, pulled a Goku, and he's like, well, I gotta go do some training, I'll be gone for a few years, bye. <laughs> yeah, it's like, or, or um, what's his face? Um, uh, who, who's your favorite guy from... Um, Fellini? 
No, no. Um, I'm thinking of the other. What was the other Gundam show we just watched? The um, Age. Yeah, Age. Awesome. You know what? Just, you mean? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, adult Harlock, awesome. Like where he <laughs> just runs off for like 15 years, you know, and shit. Like that. That's the always kind of well, like. I love, Sorry, I love. Gotta get out of here, the, bitches. Gotta go do important shit. The, the yeah. write up on like Say's dad in on on like the official like site is something like left like like a year ago to promote Gumpla around the world or something. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, so, like his his mom's gonna be I, like I'm, a saint to like put up with that. Like I'm I'm leaving for well, like a year to promote this children's like like fighting game like, or whatever. I'm like not, not not only that, like but his mom's a super super hottie, right? So I'm like, what do the groupies look like on this Gundam promotion tour that he's been gone for a year, man? Like <laughs> they must all look like Miss Sumeragi or something. <laughs> like yeah. it's about what I expected. So what are we gonna be doing, Miss Sumeragi? It's obvious. There's only one thing we really can do. And then of course now we're we're cutting to to Reiji, who was of course the fiery angry young man who's all angry and everything and you know mr rawls kind of giving him a pep talk it's kind of it's it's interesting because he, he's kind of lost heart you know he's kind of like yeah i'm just watching this gundam match and he's kind of like well what about it it's like they're just fucking toys like i don't what's the big deal like it's it's not that big deal it's not like it's life or death or anything and i i don't know if i bought what mr raw said but it seems sincere you know he, he's kind of like well yeah it's true like we don't you know, these, these model matches are not like life and death. We're not at war with one another like they are in the Gundam franchise, which in some ways might address some some kind of angry, ragey fanboy concerns. You know, like, this is not true Gundam, brah! You know, like that kind of thing, where he's like, well, look, yeah, it's not it's not life or death. You know, it's not displaying the ills of war and, and all that kind of stuff, but... It's something that everyone is passionate about. It's a fandom, you know, and 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 yeah, you know, gunpla is serious business for those folks, and and you know, there, there's nothing wrong with being passionate about something. So you know, and and that that's basically what Mr. Rawls trying to convey to Reiji. He's kind of like you're part of something that that people are very passionate about, and you you know, obviously at some point he was passionate about it because of the fight with Yuki, and then he, he you know when that kind of disappeared, like his passion kind of. He went, well, what was I so passionate about? Like, why was I, why was I so passionate about this? Like, where'd my passion go all of a sudden? And then all of a sudden, like, somebody shows up and he's all excited. So I'm, I was pretty much at that point assuming, oh, this must be fucking Yuki. You know, he must have shown up to, to settle their, their rivalry once and for all. And, of course, it is him. And, and he's waiting for Reiji at the little school arena you know, that's financed with all his dad's Norman Osborn money. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to say, I don't know if, if we'll have this or not, you know, by the time this is released. But man, I, I dig that desperado Western guitar string music that starts playing. Oh, yeah, when, like when Yuki's when like theme song, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like some bitchin'. That's a bitchin' little track there, so I, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and and at this point, you know, this is the the Zaku Amazing versus the Build Strike. You know, what's rad is, you know, of course, Mr. Rawls there doing his play-by-play, but then you're also treated to Riccardo Fellini of Italy, where he's like, "This shit makes my blood pump, man! Like, this is this is gonna be epic! Like, this is gonna be rad!" Well, they, you know? they could so, all hear like the Latin like music in the background and whatnot. Right, they could all right. hear. 
So were you were you pleased? Like, did you know he seemed pretty badass in that moment where he's just kind of chilling in the back, like uh, chilling like a villain in the back, you know, being cool. Yeah, he's just yeah, he, he's just got a cool attitude on the show, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he is a super cool guy. I, I see why he's he he fits the archetype that you you normally like, Mike. You know, he he is that kind of lock on type. You know that that yeah. type of guy who's cool and collected and kind of. You know, has some some good moments and stuff, but he's not quite you know the main character or anything like that. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's a very like, debonair, he's Han the, Solo guy. He's like know? the mentor ace, like sort of yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the Roy Fokker, like sort of yeah. archetype, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So so they're they're observing this battle now. This is something I was going to want to ask you guys. Now, I mean, it's funny to me because as they're making this play-by-play commentary, you know. Everybody's talking about, you know, how awesome these guys are as pilots and their control and their skill and, and all this other stuff. But the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, it's like they're talking about one thing and I'm seeing a completely different thing because the fight is fucking just a balls out fucking brawl. Like, I didn't see any control or skill involved per se. Like, I mean, it, it, it's just like this thing of, you know, guys just fucking banging up against each other and you know he you know the bill strike's got like four thousand holes blown in its head and they're cutting people's arms off and cutting people's guts off and you know stabbing and slicing and dicing and it's just you know it's this very up close and personal like you know we're fucking rivals and we got some shit to hash out you know and i it wasn't you know it wasn't a death note kind of collected chess match it wasn't a you know you know, this kind of uh, tete-a-tete with, like, Batman and the Joker doing, like, detective shit and figuring out crimes. No, this was just fucking, like, I'm fucking, you know, I don't know, Wolverine, and I'm Sabretooth, and I, I'm i gonna gut your stomach. Oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna gut your fucking calf. Oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna gut your fucking head. And it's just like, whoa! Like, I mean, you know, obviously there was not blood or anything like that, but it was a, a sort of mech fight. But I'm curious what your guys' take was on on this fight it, it was pretty brutal like just like you said i was kind of surprised like i mean it's like you said it, it's not graphic or gory or anything because it's obviously a mech but it's like they they get torn apart like you can tell like i think Rollo Fellini's like you know you can tell the emotions coming from them and you can you kind of can like feel it like when build strike it's like shot in the head several times you're like man that's brutal like you can feel like they're going at it like full force like like even to, yeah like even like Kosaka kind of like puts her hands on her mouth and she's all like yeah, aghast yeah. at how like kind of brutal it is like like I wasn't expecting yeah like such a balls out fight between them like like after especially after last episode like I kind of was thinking you know they're going to put it off but I guess Yuki was like no nah, I can't put this off so yeah, I was like I was like where's the fucking T spears man like what is what's going on like they're they're just fucking <laughs> beating the shit out of each other, you know, they're, basically, it's like, this, this is a dual wallet-taking scene, you know, it's like, everybody took, both people got to take a little bit of wallet, you know, on both ends, well, I you like, know. I, I did like how, like, again, it demonstrates, like, sort of the bond that's forming between, like, Reiji and Say, where Say's kind of like, you know, just go all out, man, I'll fix it if you break it, you know, like, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't there, like, feel like that. you have yeah, to hold don't. back. 
Yeah, don't hold back. Don't don't worry about things on my account. Yeah, you know you know what it, it kind of reminds me of is is I remember playing the new Mortal Kombat game and the whole thing of you know it's like it, you know it's like you know victory or flawless victory. But then you're looking at the guy and and the way they do it in that game is you know you, you, the graphics kind of display the damage you've taken during that fight. You know, so sometimes you know, you can get a flawless victory where you never get touched and you look clean and you look like a real victor. But sometimes, you know, it's it's right down to the last, you know, ounce of your health and everything and you beat up the other guy and then it's like victory. But it's like you can see the skull coming out of your face where the guy like hit you 5,000 times or you could see like your guts are hanging out or, you, you, you know, you can see the bone and the cartilage and all this damage, the bruises and, and, and bloody parts all over your body. The, the buddy of mine that I was playing it with was like, is that really a victory? Like, really? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's kind of like that's the kind of vibe like, you know, basically they cut away as they do this kind of like, Rah! you know, and, and kind of quote, come at one another, you know, balls out and everything. And so you're like, oh, is it going to be ambiguous who won? But basically, like, as you find out in the dialogue after they cut away, I mean, it's pretty clear that Sai and Reiji lost that fight. Like, they did not win that fight. I mean, they, they say it themselves, and, and of course, you know, President Yuki has some dialogue, too, where it's pretty clear, like, he's like, I was not satisfied with my victory. So he's like, I won, but but to him, he's like, I, this was not a decisive victory. Just like I'm saying, did, did you really win that Mortal Kombat match? Like, basically, like, his attitude was, did I really win? Like, you know, I won, you know, I, 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 you know, it said on the Mortal Kombat screen, flaw, you know, it said victory, but, you know, I had a, my guts hanging out and the little skull part of my face showing and, you know, basically I got, I got as much as I gave. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the takeaway from that. And I guess in some sense, you know, the, the, it, it's kind of like this weird trope with these tournament type things to keep a potential rivalry going without sacrificing uh, a character. You know, he, he forfeits that match last episode so that they can have this fight, but you can't have your lead characters. You know, you can't have Sai and Reiji get kicked out of the tournament by episode six. Like, so this is a way for them to sort of be humbled and, and, and you know, reinvigorate their, their desire to get better without sort of sacrificing their placing in the tournament, kind of like how, you know... In the first, and of course you're going to hate me because I'm going to bring up the Dragon Ball tournament arc, which is, you know, every Dragon Ball episode. But now you know which one I'm talking about, where Goku loses that match to Jackie Chun, but it's like they can get away with doing, you know, that was kind of an interesting take on things. Because normally, you know, you do a tournament and usually the lead character is the one who, who wins it in the end. But, you know, in that one, they did a, you know, it's a clever way of writing it where it's like he he makes a good show. He does a bunch of good fights, but ultimately his master kind of puts him in his place and, and it sort of gives him, you know, basically it's kind of like when you get a, a review at work or, you know, somebody, you know, critiques your artistic skills or, you know, you know, sends you an email, you know, to the Fan Holes podcast. You know, it's like, they you know, there there may be some praise in there. But they also give you some things to strive for. You know, there's there's also some room for you to improve or to grow and everything. And that's kind of what this this fight in this episode was about. You know, they both went at each other full force, balls out. It was very brutal. But, you know, they're like, there are some things I can learn from this. I can take away some stuff from this and, and I, I can get better. 
And so out of that, you know, it's basically like, he's like, well, man, we really, you know, Rage is like, we really fucked up the build strike. And, you know, Sai's like, don't worry about that shit. I got us covered. And so he sort of unveils the Build Gundam Mach 2, which I guess is the the mobile suit he's going to start using while he's repairing the build strike. And, of course, my favorite thing is my avatar, which is, you know, then there's a nice shot of them doing the what I'm going to call the bro handshake. It's like, you know, they're both kind of basically, you know, doing the almost like commando, you know, fuck you, Dylan, you know, like thing or whatever, you know. But it's these two little kids where it's like, you know, fuck you, sigh, you know, <laughs> shit, you know, like, and, and, and they're both kind of doing the bro handshake. And it's like, you're like, OK, cool. Like, I, I know you said last episode you felt like they're more equivalent, you know, and contemporaries. And I think that comes across very well in that shot now at this point where they're like, look, you know, Reiji's a really great fighter and and size a really great builder, but they seem to be way more in sync now, especially what you were talking about before where they, you know, he's like, look, don't worry about the suit. I got us covered, you know, like, yeah. don't go, go fight the best you, you fucking can. And I got us covered. Well, on even the suit like, I like Yuki's like handler. Um, I think his name is Alan actually. The okay. Alan. Guy, where okay. He's yeah. like overseeing the fight too. And he's kind of like, like, you know, I see why you like these guys, like Yuki, like, you know, Reiji's got, like, such, like, raw talent, and, like, you know, Say is, like, you know, the son of, like, the famous builder, like, you know, who wouldn't want these guys as your rivals, you know, like, mm. they're, they're so fucking awesome, you know. But. How about you, Justin, any any uh, last thoughts on the, the whole exchange and what they've learned and the fight and everything? I thought the fight was really good, and uh, I... I when he like had a you know revealed his backup plan and it's a you know his his second suit is like a variant of the, you know the Mark II Gundam like I thought that was great because like I, I like that Gundam a lot too so I was like all yeah, right like yeah. that's great like no more of this like I mean the build strikes all right but I'm just like man that's kind of like a seed thing like, yeah that, well the, yeah that's that's I, I guess because I I didn't want to be all fanboy about it but yeah I was like <laughs> yeah fucking old school yeah. fucking you know Gundam <laughs> like you know Universal Century none of this fucking seed bullshit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, this is cool, yeah, I was excited, and, and so I guess, you know, they do the, you know, the traditional thing here, you know, they do the, the end credits and stuff, and there's a little extra scene at the end with a strange little girl with white hair, and she's basically watching, you know, Sai and Reiji in their next tournament, you know, using the Build Gundam Mach 2, and, you know, she's just kind of sitting there going, the white one will win, you know. And so I'm assuming that, you know, this this little strange girl with white hair will probably be their next, you know, real challenge as opposed to these, you know, tournaments at the end of the episode where it's a, you know, foregone conclusion that they're going to win. Yeah, she she is, I guess, the Lala equivalent, I guess, in this series. Okay. Or, okay. or, or yeah, like, you know. I always say, like, every... She, she, well, she does seem like jailbait to me. She seems like, if, if they're eight years old or whatever I said before, which is exaggeration, like, she's like a five-year-old or some shit, you know? So, yeah, she's very like every, every Every Gundam series needs to put a, like, a little girl in a giant robot to, for them to, like, have to fight. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, she's that pretty much. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, it sounds like we got some cool stuff to look forward to. I, you know, I enjoy the show every time we watch it. I, I think it's great. I have a lot of fun watching it. You know, I hope you guys are watching it along with us and then listening to this afterwards and, you know, enjoying it as much as we are. I guess that wraps things up for this week's episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. Again, you know, you can see us on the regular Fanholes podcast proper on the Fanholes podcast blogspot.com. You know, we're on Blip TV, we're on Stitcher Radio, you know, we're on iTunes, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. You can send us emails and comments and, and angry angry emails and suggestions and all that kind of stuff at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. But until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike, Gumpla Battle Rejohn. <laughs> Hero, hurry up and kill me. <laughs> we never turn him back, I'm in luck, it is luck, in my mouth, I throw me down. Me guy, no can all say, that I'm on the cock, got a kid on Tuesday. That I can do all night, you know, no way. I like how you were you were talking about how you forgot about what's his face. Where it's like it, it, it's it's kind of like the way everybody criticizes Optimus Prime's voice in Transformers oh, Prime, where everything's important. Yeah, where he's like, I just woke up and got some coffee. You know, and it's just like, dude, you just got some coffee. You don't have to say it like that. You know, he's like, and then I walked down the street. What are you, you talking know? about? Yeah, he's like, I love like it, it's so funny when played off like Trey's Kushranada because he's yeah. like, you know. We accomplished this objective with minor bloodshed. It's like, what are you saying, Trace? It's like, bloodshed is unacceptable. <laughs> you know, it's just like, whoa, whoa, calm down, boy. <laughs>